Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Matthews Effects. Matthews Effects is sponsoring the 60 Cycle Hum Fantasy Football League, which is about to wrap up. Um, but more importantly, they are teaming up right now with Sinusoid and EOS Straps to present uh, the Seattle package, I think they're calling it, or like the Pacific Northwest package of... Uh, the Pacific Northwest package has a nice ring to it. I like that. Um, but basically, I think it's like $230... And you get a Matthews Effects uh, astronomer uh, sinusoid cable and an EOS uh, EOS strap. Those straps are really cool. I, I was looking at their site the other day. I was remembering how I uh, I saw them at Nam years I ago. I keep saying EOS. It's ESO. Yeah, ESO or Wow, ESO. I'm bad at this. We should start all over. But they're a strap that uh, that is like ergonomic. Like I guess we're not starting. It over. wraps around your body in like a in a neat way. Yeah, you messed up. Who cares? Okay, I mess up all the time, Steve. And I definitely do retakes when I do. <laughs> All right. Uh, this episode is also brought to you by Sinusoid Cables. Yes. The Great American Cable Company. <laughs> Does that work? Is that a good what? Is that a good thing that I just said? I don't know. Sinusoid Cables, the Great American Cable Company. <laughs> They'll make you think there's a snake behind you. Make America Sinusoid again? <laughs> <laughs> sinusoid cables uh they have they have nothing to do with the internet All but right, they are on the internet but when you get them you don't plug them into the internet go check them out at sinusoid.com uh check out their build a cable i was on there the other day just looking at stuff just to poke around uh-huh. for how cool that little it's a yeah. little widget or whatever they've been getting is. crafty with that tech flex too uh, I really love the TechFlex on my sinusoid cables. It slides around all over the stage, and the cables don't get bound up on each other. And it's it's just really great. I don't think I ever want a cable again that doesn't have TechFlex on it. But they've been doing all sorts of different colors and patterns. So go check out their Instagram too, and and look at the uh, the pictures that they post. All right, we had one more. What's our other sponsor? Our last sponsor this week is Equits Guitars. Equits Guitars. That's right. Good old Kevin Equits. He makes some great guitars. He actually uh, contributed one of the topics this episode that we're going to discuss. Yes, yes. And uh, he brought some guitars down to our 200th episode. So the, the guys fuzz who there got to uh, mess around with those. Um, they're dude, super cool. Yeah, they're, they're so great. Look great. They feel great. They sound great. They're just great. I already used that joke in a YouTube video last week. I can't do it again. I was going to say Tony the Tiger would love him. And yet you just did. I did it. All right. Uh, so head on over to <laughs> EquitsGuitars.com. Look at the link in the text if you don't know yeah. how to spell it. He's a guy we know who makes guitars, and we think the guitars are good and great and awesome, and you should buy one. Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Steve, and you're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Uh, we're back in the saddle, Steve. Episode 201. Ryan, we're uh-huh. home. We're home. <laughs> <laughs> we took a little bit of a break after the 200th because uh, we had an extra episode in the can. Yeah. So it's like we had a couple weeks off, and uh, it feels good to be back in the saddle. I'll say that. We had a, a lot of ads build up. We did. Well, while we weren't you know, recording. I, sure. We'll say that. 
<laughs> Steve think, is making it sound like no, we did not have any ads build up. I think but we, we did. Actually. I think we really just had a couple days of one of our listeners having very <laughs> unproductive lunch breaks. <laughs> That's true. I, we did get deluged uh, in the way that we tend to be. Uh, should we talk about what's new? Steve? Yeah, this is a part where one of us asks the other one what's new. I'll go first. Hey, Steve, what's new? Um, I got my Premier Guitar Mystery Stocking. And I didn't get one at all because I wanted to avoid that whole disaster this year. The, the moment it started going down and like servers were crashing and the whole website was down and people were angry and posting a thousand times a day, I was like, I don't want to have anything to do that with this. That was crazy. So it was like on Friday, I already had told my like my boss or whatever, like, look, at 11, like, I'm going to be really distracted by my phone for like five minutes <laughs> uh, and then I'll be back. And uh, so I'm trying to get on off my phone and like the server at Premier Guitar goes down and and I just figure like, well, I'm, I'm screwed or whatever. Like, I don't know. I, I don't. It's it's a goofy little. It's a thirty dollar lottery. You yeah, know, it's like oh, totally. Like, and it's like every year you hear about some guy who got a guitar and yeah. it's like, oh, dude, I got to get it next year. But like most people just win, you know, a box of, of yeah, you know, it's junk. one of those things where you know uh, we've we when we've gone to Cower Fest, you know, you buy a bunch of raffle tickets. Maybe you win, maybe you don't. Uh huh. If you win, like maybe you bought a hundred dollars worth of raffle tickets and you got like a pedal that's worth a hundred dollars or whatever. Maybe you got a hundred dollars worth of raffle tickets and you won a Cower or a, a Titan KR one. Yeah, you never, you never know. But the fun is just in playing. So exactly. So that's kind of how I approach the mystery stocking is like it's that adrenaline rush of like trying to get in on the purchase time because you know it's only going to be open for like a minute or two. Uh huh. And and all that. So it's like and just not knowing what you're going to get. Right. Is right. Exciting. So I get it. Uh, so, I'm just not a gambler. Right. So I guess technically I got kind of one of the garbageier packs. Um, it looked average to me. I think it was like it was the typical, maybe a little yeah. better than the bottom of the barrel. Uh, but I got a Planet Wave strap, mm-hmm. a reverb tuner. Maybe Wait, we should have talked about clip on tuners this episode. <laughs> the robot baby arm. Um, uh, 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 two pa- Oh, I should have brought you those strings. Oh, it's okay. Uh, two packs later. of strings. One is a Diodario XL pack of Diodario XLs, uh, nine to forty twos, and the other pack is Dean Markley Blue String Nines. Blue, uh, blue steel, blue steel, blue That's, string. Yeah, that was my brand back in the day. Uh, uh, I, I, I still do you like play them. nines though? I'll put nines on something. All right. Yeah. Um, got a couple uh, option knobs. I got a Tommy Emanuel. Everyone got stuff from that dude. I don't know what to like. I've already got my my go to beer koozie at home is my Wampler pedals koozie. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. I don't one. use a koozie at home. That's more of like for going out on the town, you know. I don't have a home koozie. Uh, <laughs> I, I got a you know a, a bag full of stickers. They're the they're that um, kind of dusty stick. Okay, it's got like a matte finish. The the picks that has picks in it with the matte finish that you like. Oh, okay, um, like a Tortex sort of thing. Yeah, uh, it's got a bunch of stickers. I got a giant George L stickers. I don't know what I'm going to do with all this stuff. Give them to a skateboarder kid. Um, my favorite thing actually in this was I got a dark glass electronic shot glass. Oh, nice. Uh, that I think was the thing uh, out of this. I like the strap. 
I'm not sure which guitar I'm going to put on. It's a red. It's called Red Zigzag. Yeah. So my natural inclination is to put it on my red. My uh, let me see it. Telecaster. Um, but on my Telecaster, I use a. I bet that would look good with the Eastwood. It might. It might. Uh, I was going to say because on the Telecaster, I use a. I don't know if it's. It's old. I know that. Right. Uh, Fender leather style strap. Right. Right. And that is uh, that's. Basically, the only strap I will use with that guitar, it bounce that strap bounces between the red Telecaster, which is my you know my number one, and the my Strat. Yeah. So with the strap, the two packs of strings, and a shot glass, you kind of broke even. Yeah. This is like this is like stuff you would have never bought for yourself. Right. The strap is like twenty twenty five dollars new. Two packs of strings, probably like five bucks a piece. Yeah. And then the I shot mean, glass is maybe the, like another five or ten bucks. With a strap, though, if you were just getting any strap with a pattern that you didn't pick, you'd be getting one for clearance for like ten bucks or something like that. Sure, sure. And I, I will say, like, this isn't just like a pattern. Like, it's um, it's, it's like uh, woven. It's woven, so yeah. it is like a little higher quality. It's not just like you know the when you go to Guitar Center and they've got all the friggin' Levy straps. Yeah. With the, yeah. With the random like the, patterns on the it. supplemented printing, exactly whatever it is. Exactly, this is uh this is woven. So it is it is the kind of thing that like if I actually used it a lot in like forty years, I'll be able to sell it on eBay for like thirty dollars. <laughs> I I keep wishing that we would get sponsored by a strap company and that would hook us up with straps for use in videos and like for giving away as contests or something like that. So if you're listening and you run a strap comp- company, hit us up. Let's have a relationship. Let's have a marketing relationship. <laughs> Let's get all our marketing mixed together yeah, so, and make a marketing baby. So what's uh, <laughs> what's new with you, Ryan? Uh, I just got a crap ton of pe- pedals in the mail. Yesterday, I got eight TC Electronic pedals in the mail. Uh, I wrote them, and I was like, hey, you guys came out with a bunch of new smorgasbord of tone pedals. Uh, remember how great mine were a year ago? I'd, I'd love to uh, cover the new ones. And here's a list of the ones I'd like to cover. Steve is making a stupid cocktail again. Whiskey into a Coors can. There's no beer in here. Okay, good. There's no beer in there. Uh, so I just don't have a, another glass. So TC, I should have brought that dark glass electronic shot glass with me. <laughs> TC Electronic wrote back and was like, yeah, of course we want you to do more demos. So they sent me a big box of all the pedals I requested, plus the quintessence, which I did not request because I'm intimidated by it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this pedal knows more about music theory than I do. <laughs> I, I don't quite know what to do with it, but uh, I'll make some sort of demo of it. Uh, but I did a, uh, a first impression video today, being Friday, so that's on YouTube right now, of all those pedals. And while I was recording it, my wife brought me a pedal that came in the mail while I was recording from Chase Bliss. I've got the new uh, the new chorus pedal. Shoot, I can't remember the name it's of it. Oh, the, the Warped uh, Vinyl. Warped Vinyl V2. Yeah, it's uh, the Hi-Fi Warped Vinyl. So I've got to do, well, I get to do a demo of that coming up this week. Um, I'm pretty excited about that. Anytime I get a Chase Bliss pedal, it's like exploring 50 pedals in one. There's so many things you can do with them. Uh, I, I've never had the uh, the Warped Final version one, but it's one of those pedals where like that put them on the map kind of. like Everyone was getting the Warped Final back in the day, and like this thing is crazy. This is like the best chorus vibrato ever. So I'm really looking forward to getting into it. And I like that it's a hi-fi version, which means it's a little bit clearer, a little bit more high-end, I think. 
which is more my jam than like darker pedals. So that's what's on my plate right now. <laughs> very busy. Yeah, very, very busy guy. Uh, do we have any housekeeping to do? I think we do, don't we? Um, if we do. Bruce Kumquat up oh, his, up his right. level. He went from best friends level, which is our $5 a month, up to inner circle level at $10 a month. So now he's in the secret inner circle group. He gets to see all the secrets that we pass around, all the trash we talk about, everyone who's outside the circle. He's going to get the you know the merch pack that you send out when you send it out. And uh, you know there's a bunch of other benefits. Uh, I want to mention right now that there are uh, there's a new way to contribute to the show if you want to sponsor us or pledge to us, crowdfund us, or whatever. We are on Patreon now. Yeah, I know a lot of you guys have Patreon accounts already for other uh, podcasts or YouTubers or whatever you support. So we're on there too. Yeah, so we're totally we're, an idea we didn't steal from another podcast. We did not steal this idea from the Gear Slum at all. It's our own idea. There's lots of other people who have Patreon accounts, now, not guys, just the Gear guys, Slum. Guys, let's be honest. We sold it from the Guitar Nerds. <laughs> You know, I talk about the guitar nerds real quick. I'm sure one of them is listening and will tell the others, but I don't understand why they limited their $10 level to what I think it's like 15 people or something like that. I, I big, think it's, be, it's because like they don't want, because their whole deal is that they shout out their $10 level in every episode. Right. I know, but they, they shouldn't do that. They should do something else. <laughs> their audience is so big that if they open the $10 level, like to everybody, then they would just you every episode would just be shout outs. Yeah, but I'm saying they it'd should be, do a different reward it'd structure. It'd be an hour of shout outs followed by a half hour of episode just for Patreon. I'm just members. saying they need to do a different reward structure. All right. And then they could be making so much money because they have a lot more listeners than us and a lot a lot of people like to contribute at the ten dollar level for some reason. Um, but anyways, yeah, go check us out on Patreon. It's super easy to find us there. I know that the uh, the crowdfunding through Podbean has been kind of tricky to track us down. And it's another account, and it's you know another place you're you're setting up through. And I've been under the impression, though I haven't really looked at it, that Patreon's a little more um, flexible in terms of payment systems. Um, Whereas like Podbean, I think is basically credit or like only credit or debit sure, cards. Sure. Um, I, I don't know what other options Patreon might have, but I heard it's better. Yeah. But anyways, it helps us a lot to have this crowdfunding. It funds our way to Nam. It funds travel to other places. It funds production of things like the fifty fifty pedal. Which, by the way, uh, there's going to be a new run of that coming out fairly soon. We'll have news on that soon. We get probably like three or four messages a week. From people asking when there will be a new run so we're doing a run of 30 and i'm almost wondering if that's not enough now that i say that so for this one are we are we going to do another pre or are we just going to get them all we're just going to get them and it's just going to be we sell them when we have Yeah. so we're not going to pre-order um so we're just we're going to get them all and it's going to be first come first serve yeah we're going to open it up we will announce here's another perk we're going to open it up to the inner circle first they get first dibs, and whatever's left over gets sold to everyone you else. You know, we always said that if you're in the inner circle, the first one, you get the inner circle price. Yeah, which is very low, by um, the way. So how are we going to track who's bottom already? We Don't we have a list of everyone who's bottom? Uh, maybe? We do. Okay. I promise you we do, because it's got all the shipping information and everything. What if, what if they bought it, and then they sold it? Too bad. Too bad. Too bad. It's a one-time thing. You get the inner circle price once. What if you didn't? What if you didn't buy one, 
but you but you got one anyway, and then you sold it. Do you, like do someone you still get, get the inner circle. Price? Someone gave it to you. Yeah, Everyone like, in the inner like, circle gets to buy one once. Say you got one because you co-host a podcast. Okay, okay. And then you sold it. Do you still get to buy one uh, at the inner circle price? We'll discuss that off mic, Steve. I still haven't sold mine, and I still haven't played mine. It's <laughs> it's new in box. It's ringing endorsement for our custom pedal that goes with our show from Steve. Let's talk about this first ad. It's because ad. I can't put it on my board without putting Velcro on it, and nobody wants to buy a pedal with Velcro on it. <laughs> Not for five hundred and fifty dollars. It's four hundred. I think it's. I I took it down. I took. I did take it down. But you took your ad down, or you yeah. took the price down? No, I, I I think when I took the ad down, the price was just four hundred. Oh, okay. You should. Which is to say, it was four hundred dollars more. <laughs> On the one hand, it's four hundred dollars more than I paid for it. On the other hand, what is my time worth? Because this is like, I, I don't know. 300, epi- 300 hours of podcasting. Easily. Easily. Uh, you know, you got to hit that 10,000 mark if you want to be good at it, though. <laughs> That's what she said. Yep. All right. So this ad was sent to us from uh, Andrew Roseboom? Roseboom? Roseboom. Roseboom? I think it's Roseboom. I think it's Roseboom. Sure. This is literally the exact same conversation we had the last time he sent an ad. Is it? Yeah. You got a difficult name, dude. I'm, I'm sorry. Last time he sent us a pronunciation guide. But... And I am terrible at this stuff. All so. right. Um, this is uh, Guitar Cases, Hard and Soft, Lot, Bundle, Not Sold Separately, $500. Um, many Guitar Cases for Sale. Hard and soft, that's what she said. <laughs> Hundreds. I was going to ask you, how does this lot. make you, how does that make you feel? Um, none hard s- or soft or hard and soft? No, none sold separately. New and vintage. Maybe some bag candy too. Bag candy? I guess maybe right. if it's a fender case. Yeah, I think he means case candy. So this is a, uh, this is got two pictures in it, and you have to look at these pictures on the link in the episode description. Yeah. It looks like a shop is closing down and then like flying somewhere and there's just piles of cases in front of the airport or something like that, you know? It looks like a luggage cart from the airport. Like how much, how many cases there are. I think that's just the stack of cases though. I don't think they're on anything. No, that's what I'm saying though. It's just a stack of luggage. I'm going to try to count how many hard cases there are. You try to like guesstimate how many soft cases there are. Uh, This is really not interesting. I'm going to guess there are like... I'm going to guess right now that cases. there. I'm going to guess right now that there are 45 hard cases. I counted up half of them, and it was like 22. Yeah, that's probably fair. We're talking acoustic cases, electric cases. Some of these aren't actually hard cases. They're like that semi right semi hard. <laughs> Is it hard or soft, Steve? Uh, Tell me. It's 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 a semi. It's a semi hard. It's uh it's it's firm, but it's not completely hard. So you're guessing fifty soft cases of what you said? Yeah. We're looking at a hundred cases here. Easy. I'm gonna say easily a hundred cases. I think there could be more than fifty soft cases. That is a I don't pile. Know. I don't know, man. It's a pile. It's hard to see where the back of it is. But the soft cases, to be fair, it's like the quality is all over the map. A lot of them, of are course, really of course. dirt cheap. Really, a lot dirt of these cheap. are like acoustic cases. One of them, is, I think, says, uh, but even 
Even if all know. the soft cases Silvertone, maybe? Even if all the soft cases are junk, if there's 50 hard cases there, that's 10 bucks a case. That's crazy. Do you feel like you would be tempted by this ad if it was local? Where I would you put them all? Yeah, one, there's that. Two, I just don't have... This is apparently at a pawn shop. Oh, so this guy's probably just been like selling the guitars without the cases yeah. at his pawn shop, maybe? Yeah, that's what's going on. It's too many cases. You're supposed yeah. to... The pawn shop guy, you're supposed to use those cases as like a deal sweetener. Where you go like, uh, like someone's haggling you, and you'll be like, nah, this is my price, but I'll throw in a case. And yeah, the person's yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, Five hundred dollars. Oh. Like my thought is like I've always been on, been looking for like lots uh-huh. of soft cases just for flips, right? Um, to flip into them, like to lay them out as like a big foam pad. Yeah, 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 exactly for your skateboard stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, for what you were just describing, which is like, oh, you sweeten it a little by saying like, oh, it comes with a, yeah. it comes with a case, you know. Um, this is like next level. Like it's bananas. I don't. Obviously, I don't have room for five hundred dollars. If worth this was of bananas, cases. how much do you think they would go for in New, in New York? Um, at least <laughs> these are sixteen cent at bananas. At least forty four dollars. <laughs> I mean, you laugh, but that's like. This is gonna that's be, 100 pounds of bananas. Yeah, this is, uh, this is going to be a tough sell just because of the amount that there is. Someone's going to have to show up with a van to haul this all Seriously. away. And it's going to be like a slow flip. This is a slow flip for sure because you might be able to sell one of these every now and then for 30 bucks a case. But if you flip them all at 30 bucks a case, you, you're making a grand. Right. You can make $1,000 with this. And I'm just talking about the hard cases. The soft cases are like, those are those are you know, they are they're sale bait. Like so, yeah, so yeah, the soft cases are like. So when people say, "Does it come with a case?" You can say, "Well, I I have a soft bag." There might be a couple okay ones in there, but for the most part, these look like the flimsiest soft cases. A lot in of the them, world. yeah, a lot of them are acoustic. Um, I can tell um, from the picture. I do have. I did have one guitar in like a $10 bag I got off of Amazon, which was cool just for keeping it in the closet. I might have sold that though. Oh, no. You know what? That was, I think that was a base case that uh, I gave that base to um, somebody on a loan and it got stolen. Oh, great. I recently gave a, a super thin bag to. Uh, Ariel, when I sold him that Dean, the pink Oh, Dean. you finally sold him that Dean. Yeah, he finally came and picked it up. <laughs> Why isn't that what's new, Ryan? That I sold that? Because that happened like two weeks ago. Yeah, it could have been what's I new. Guess. It wasn't on any other episode. Yeah. Gosh. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I'd only talked Every- about selling that thing forever. Everyone wants to know what happened to your pink Dean. Everyone wanted to buy that thing at the 200th episode. Like, tons of people were like, if he doesn't buy it, I want it. Ship it to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, guys, just go buy one. You can buy one for 70 bucks, and you can do all these mods for free. Yeah, it'll look black until you strip the paint off the front. Yeah, exactly. You just get a pink one. You can start with the paint stripped already. <laughs> um, would you, if this was local, Yeah. would you split this with me? Like, we each take half the hard cases and half the soft and work our own, like, flip deals as like a flip competition to see who can get the most money out of their case pile. 
That could be interesting. That would be fun, right? That would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I would. I might. I might be down for that. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad it's with, not local. Seriously, with the number of soft cases that are in there, I would just start putting listing them on like Craigslist. Five cases for fifty bucks. Yeah, with yeah. the number that are in there, like I think you could make your money back just selling but the soft cases. That's just making your money back. That's breaking. E- break. Oh, because I didn't count. All- I didn't count the soft cases in that. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's a profit margin right yeah, there. Yeah. So now you sell each one of those hard cases for like fifty bucks a piece. But that's a slow. That's a slow. You uh, got a slow game. This. But we, if we were doing a contest, we would have to set an end date. It can't be indefinite. It can't be until both of us have all of our cases sold because it would last forever. Okay. Well, I'm not saying you list them like you could list them all at once. I'd say this contest would last a year. I think you'd have to hustle to sell that many. We're we're splitting them in half. 25 hard cases each, 25 soft cases each. Right, right. That's, uh, That's four cases a month. That's doable. Yeah. That's actually if not too it, bad. But, and it, part of the thing is you want them to move, so you have to figure out creative ways to move them, like selling five soft cases at a time for 50 bucks. Yeah. Or, you know, or, uh, Two you, hard cases for 60 Yeah, or getting guitars and fl- and using the hard cases as, as flip bait, you know? But if it's flip bait, how do you count that? Do you just count your entire guitar flip into your profit pile? No, you have to figure out... We'd have to agree upon a flip rate, like if it's part of a package. We'd be like... Package cases 10%. count count. Okay, I'd do that ten percent. Package cases count for ten percent, but then you'd start cheating and you'd go and buy American standards and stuff like that. <laughs> but I mean, then you're like flip. But it's all about like profit at the end, so you got to track yeah. that too. You got to yeah, that's true. So you'd have to take whatever you paid for the guitar and put that into your initial investment. I almost wish this was local now because I would use inner circle funds to buy this, and we would be that would be, we, we'd be working be this fun. angle. And your wife would hate the pile of cases in your no, dining we'd have room. To, we'd have to keep them all here. You're gonna come here to sell things. I'm just gonna come here to pick. Like I okay, would set it up, up, come pick it up, be like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna swing by on my lunch break. I only work like ten minutes away. Uh, swing by on my lunch break, pick up whatever I needed for like the next couple you know, cases couple at days. a time. Yeah, yeah. Inventory pile. The way to really make money with these cases is to use them as as uh, you know drug mules across oh, the border. Why? <laughs> All right, let's uh let's ditch this ad and talk about one of our topics here. So Lucas Rivers asked, there are so many things that define our tone. Strings, pickups, cables, power, supplies. Oh, power supplies. <laughs> Good uh, one. <laughs> pedals, amps, types of tubes, etc. It's difficult to focus on all of these. Which parts matter the most to you? Like for me, I care about cables, pedals, and my amp. But I don't change tubes and speakers. I only use one type of strings, one type of pick. With this many variables, what's more important to you? Uh, I think for this, because we could list everything that happens in you know in in your signal chain. No, or, so the point is, you distill it down. Like I think everyone's aware. Well, I'm saying that that you and I should pick our top five of what we each care for. I don't even know if I have five things. I mean, it's got. You can start with big stuff like guitar, amp, pedals, cables. Sure. Okay. You know. Let me. I'm going to do a process of elimination. Things I don't care about. Okay. Strings. You don't care about strings. Um. You've never had a set of strings where you're like, "Oh, these suck." 
I've had string. I will say I've had strings that I thought were really bad, but I've also had strings that I should have thought were really bad that just seemed fine. All right. Like no problem. I think strings is pretty low for me. Uh, at least for electric guitar. I think generally the the, you know, the age we live in, like the quality control in strings is kind of consistent across I, I, the board. I guess I will caveat, like I'm thinking of electric guitar because yeah. for bass, I care a lot more about strings. I, I'm, I am picky. What about acoustic? I am picky for strings on bass and I, I am pickier for, uh, not as picky as bass, but I have been picky for strings on acoustic. Sure. So you think for, with, for electric though. For uh, acoustic and bass, you're typically running a relatively unaffected signal with electric guitar because your signal's so effective, it just doesn't matter anymore. No, because with the strings, it's really about feel for me. Okay. It's less about sound than feel. I mean, obviously if you have a string that's just like dead and it doesn't resonate, like that's never good. Sure. But, um, you know, I've never... I don't know that I've ever bought like a pack of strings and just felt like, oh, this is these are all dead. Um, but I have had strings where like even though they felt fine, I just or even though they sounded fine, like I just wasn't like really excited about the way that they feel. Right. I've I've never I've never thought string electric guitar strings have sounded bad. But yeah, I agree with you. Like there's been strings where I've been like, I hate the way this feels. But I don't think that's on my list of like top five things that matter. All right. What would be your top five? You seem like you've thought about this a lot more than I have. I think that amps matter a lot. I've recently learned that speakers matter a lot. This isn't in order, by the way. Pedals are a huge part of how I shape tone. So I've got two left. Uh, uh, the guitar, obviously. What does that mean, though? The guitar? Yeah. The guitar has like a bunch of different, like, it talking, has a lot of variables. You're talking about tone woods? I'm talking more about like build style. Built, so, so something that actually doesn't have anything to do with anything <laughs> is in your top five. We'll discuss that later. Um, and then what was the other thing I was going to say? Um, I said amp, speakers, pedals, guitar. Left cables, strings. I don't uh, think cables and picks, string cable, strings, and picks don't matter that much to me. Well, then maybe let's break down the guitar into two parts. I'll say pickups and I'll say, um, overall construction of the guitar. Okay, if that makes sense, because I like my my SG feels completely different and sounds completely different from guitars that are built completely different ways. Right. Okay. That's fair. Even though like it's made out of mahogany, I have other guitars that are made out of mahogany, you know, and have, you know, whatever. Okay. I feel like the build style of the guitar changes the way it plays or at least feels or affects the way I play it a lot. So I said amp speaker, uh, pedals, uh, pickups and guitar style. Those are the things that you said? Those are my top five of things that affect uh, my tonal elements. Um, So I will say I haven't really experimented with tubes or speakers as much as I would like. I do wonder if getting a new power supply would fix some of the issues I have with my board. My experience is that power supplies fix issues. They don't change tone. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got... Because I think I run... At least right now, I might be a little Unless more... Unless you're talking about starving voltage. <laughs> right. Um, I might be a little more, like, digital heavy than you are in terms yeah. of, like, different effects. Like, I don't have... 
my micro pog on the board right now because I don't have enough power lines to like keep that it kind of by itself. Hogs juice, dude. Well, like I, I had the, it, I had it on a daisy chain with two other pedals, and it it shut stuff down. I had to put it well, on not only power. not only does it hog juice, it's also like kind of it can be. It's not. It doesn't necessarily always play nice. Yeah, that's a big um, issue too. Are you daisy chaining everything, or do you have a power supply right now? I have a power supply, but it's the Joyo, so it's, so it's like, like what I use. It's like semi isolated, and I don't have enough lines that I can like keep everything set apart. And I think some of the pedals, even I might be like running right against the cusp because that has right. one five hundred milliamp output, and everything else is a hundred. And really, what I need to do to fix all of this is to get a Strymon uh, Ohi or a Zoom. Actually, I think the either the Ohi or the Zuma. Probably the Zuma is what I need because uh, I'm running more than yeah. enough pedals. Those carry a lot of milliamps, right? Anyway, They're, yeah. The, 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 well, it has a the, lot of outputs. They have a lot of juice for those yeah. big, heavy Strymon. Um, so I would say, what did I say? Not speakers. Not. I would say like not cables, but I I've had. Issues with some of the cables I have that I just need to either fix them. Well, or cables is another thing like power. Them. Like it doesn't matter until it doesn't work. Right. You know. Well, I wouldn't even say it doesn't matter until it doesn't work. I would say it doesn't matter until it matters. Right. Exactly. In the sense of like, you don't necessarily. As long as you don't have an issue, there's not any reason to change. Right. Um, I mean, the, we all know that the reason to buy one cable over another is if that cable company supports the entertainment content that you enjoy and if they have, you know, transparent business practices and, uh, you know, a cool name like sinusoidcables.com. Go check them out. (laughs) Uh, So I I think, I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is pedals. Pedals are huge. Uh, I do a lot of, well, they're small actually shaping. Um, And then after that, probably pickups, not necessarily that I have a, a particular favorite brand, uh, my Telecaster is is all Seymour Duncan, but that just kind of happened by chance. Right. And interestingly enough, like I haven't been using, even though tr- I've always uh, preached neck pickup, uh-huh. I haven't been using my neck pickup at all because... You're a bridge boy, huh? Because uh, my... Well, I think some of it is because I've had complaints about my single coil neck pickup being too noisy in the sound system at uh, church. Oh, Okay. And in turn, like, so I switched the bridge pickup and then I like EQ'd everything for the bridge pickup. So my neck pickup is like super thin now, mm. um, in a very not pleasing way. Sure. Um, the amp, I don't know. Amp is low for me. I, I definitely like frustratingly enough have become like a find a pickup that works and juice everything with the right pedals and as long as the amp can provide like a decent amount of headroom and has a has a functional eq right you, you use know, amps as like a as a clean pedal platform yeah or at least like a like because i use that five watt wong's amp all right. the time and i found like the fun thing with that amp is even with just the bridge humbucker if i'm playing like if i'm playing like single note and like softly it's on the edge of breakup. And I've never, it's funny because I've always been like, oh, edge of breakup. Like, that's so dumb. Like, why would you just, whatever, like, just 
do your thing. But I found with that amp, finally, like, if I'm just playing light, it's, like, very, like, it's got a very nice tone. And then if I dig in, it just, like, distorts. So if I, like, goose it a little with an overdrive pedal or or whatever, like, it really, like, sounds what the way I want it to sound. Right. The nice thing about running edge of drive, which is something I rarely ever do, but the nice thing about it is it's kind of like a compressor where if you do have like a volume spike, if you ride something really hot all of a sudden, it turns it into compression and gain instead of turning it into a volume spike that annoys everyone. Right. So you can use it to ride yourself into, you know, this sweet compressed sort of tone with, you know, gain on the edges and that's really the reason to do that, where uh, otherwise you're just you know getting big spikes of volume here and there. Yeah, I will say so. One of the things on here is uh, that Lucas brings up is um, types of picks, and I've been using acrylic picks for a while. So I've been those. Primi- uh, I've been primarily using gravity. Okay, uh, but I get a similar effect with I've I've used V picks as well. And uh, I really like the way both of those, like the string kind of snaps off of them. Huh. And that's a feel that is very different. Now, do you think that's uh, be, that snap is from the material, like a tonality from the material? Or do you think it's because it's a stiffer pick that just has more physical resistance? I think it's a little of both. Huh. Um, because I've used like Dunlop's, uh, a Dunlop like thick pick. And there's something about it that it's just a little different. Uh, the Dunlop I have is like the is a jazz. I think it's a jazz stubby, um, and it's just a different like kind of a feel to it. I, I don't know exactly how to describe it, um, but yeah, I've really I've really liked the gravity stuff that I've used. I've never used a a different pick and been like, oh, this sounds different. To me, it's all like just finding a pick that has a familiar feel. Right. Because if a pick feels different to me, then it's distracting, and then I don't play right. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know if I named five things, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, who cares? <laughs> um, but I, I'm like I said, I'm definitely in like a pedals a pedals mode right now. Maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. No, pedals know. are definitely a significant way to change your tone or to yeah. like define your tone. And, and like, build I, your I'm tone. not as much of a clean, I'm not as on a clean platform kick as I think I should be. But, right. But I think that's just where I'm at. Well, there's a good, it's nice to have balance. Like, I've been using the katana for all my church playing. Right. And I use it on the clean channel, technically. Mm-hmm. But my trick with that amp is that I have the gain dimed on the clean channel. That actually gives a little bit of dirt. It's a little bit like of a soft dirt edge to it. And then I actually I turn up the uh, the master volume all the way and use the uh, the pre volume to set the volume on it. Uh, and that saturate turning up the master saturates the uh, the power section basically. Mm. So it's like saturating uh, the output transformer. I think that's the the trick with those things. Right. Um, so I'm actually running my pedals into a signal that's a little bit dirty. It's not a perfectly clean channel yeah. and it gives a nice coloration to it. It softens up the edges and stuff like that. Like, but technically it's still a clean guitar sound. Yeah. Sometimes I'm not even sure if I'm getting like dirt from digging in on the amp itself because I do have, um, I run a, I have one analog delay 
and one lo-fi digital delay. Mm-hmm. The uh, Chuck Pedals Tachyon and the Caroline Kilobyte are both in my chain right now. And I feel like both of those pedals are uh, tend to to dirty up when you like really dig in on them. Even if you, even if my amp was like set, even if I was using like a high headroom amp, I feel like my signal would still come out dirty because I think those. I feel like those pedals just kind of like dirty up right on their own. Totally. Should we jump on to the next uh, ad, or do you have anything else to say about I this? I don't. Let's talk about this uh, this piece of trash. <laughs> I'm not... I don't think it's... I, I titled the ad Dumb Mike. It's a dumb mic. I don't think the mic itself is actually dumb. I think it's fine to use these mics. I think it, there's, there's a use for everything. Um, we're talking about an ad for a sure... Model 55 SW, which is like your, you know, rockabilly old style broadcast recording looking microphone with right. the big metal grill right. on it. It's the Elvis mic. It's the Elvis mic. I mean, that someone's probably going to fight us and be like, that's not the actual Elvis mic. Like, you, do, right. you know what we're saying here. You know right. what we're talking so, about. So, anyway, uh, this was sent by Alberto Jimenez. He wants to know if this is flip worthy. The guy says, I'm selling a vintage Shure microphone. This is a Shure Model 55 SW. Works perfectly. Comes with the original cable as well. If you're interested, let me know. Thanks for looking. So the deal is that this, the you know, ultimately the question is this guy selling this, saying you know it's a vintage um, Sure microphone, but apparently they made these until like 1997. Don't they still make a version of them? Uh, possibly. I'm yeah, not, we don't, I don't know. We don't know how old this is, and the fact that the cables distant disconnected tells me that it might not be that old right yeah they i think do, the i think the really old ones have a permanent uh, cable you can currently get one for um for a price for a price according to steve uh, on this website it's 250 dollars. i don't know if that's the going rate uh anyway uh, alberto was asking if there was flip there and the Real reality is that we don't really know. Yeah, because he didn't send us the price. <laughs> well, no, he said it in the ad that, or later in the thing that it was, um, uh, like fifty dollars. Oh, okay. You know what? For fifty dollars, I would have picked this up. Yeah, um, if it was it's local. on Sweetwater. The uh, Series Two version is one hundred and eighty dollars. Um, I would be surprised if there wasn't flip here because there are definitely, um. And this does it a does a lot of these, and they're all listed between like a hundred and a hundred and two hundred dollars. This one doesn't look brand new. It has a a bit of a uh, like a soft patina to it. It looks like the the nickel is got like a like a soft wear to right. it. Somebody somebody it looks said oxidized. That, somebody said that because of the wear the apparent wear of it, and if you take a close look at the grill itself, it looks like a lot of the. The um, the foam the foam is, is deteriorated, is deteriorated. Yeah. so they were thinking that it was like a one from the sixties or seventies, possibly based on that. It's possible, or it was just kept in a, a humid uh, Southern California home. Yeah. For so its here, life. here's my issue with these mics. I'm gonna lay it out there. Lay it out there. Every time I've seen someone using these mics, all right, it's been like a teenage high school band. Where they buy these just because they've seen seen them in TV and movies, and they think that's like the cool mic, and they use it as like a stage prop, and it never sounds quite right because they should just be using an SM58 on stage or an SM57. Yeah, 
And they, it's just, it's uh, what I said to you in the pre-app is like, it's the fedora of microphones. Like, there's nothing wrong with fedoras. There's something wrong with the way certain types of people wear them. You know, like if you use this mic to achieve the sound that it does, whether it's recording live or you know whatever, right? Then you're using it for that. But if you're using it to be like, I'm using this because it looks cool and old, and this is like what Elvis used, and he was pure class, and I want to be pure class. Like it's the fedora of microphones, right? Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. Is like, I feel like the type of bands that you're thinking of are are generally like kids who are in like pop punk bands. Yeah, and they're really trying to like dial in this like Brian Setzer vibe, like Stray Cats vibe, like oh, we're old school punk rock, whatever. Um, but at the same time, like, I, you know, I don't know. It, it's it's goofy. It's a lot of people love these mics for like a specific thing, but at the same time, I feel like people who want this kind of like vintage vintage sound, I guess, uh-huh. um, but aren't really concerned with aesthetic are probably going in a different direction. Totally, totally. Um, and like also like remembering bands that I've played you, with and, the, and that we've played with where, you know, someone comes out, the singer comes out and like takes off the venue's mic and puts this in its place. That's got to be annoying for the sound guy, right? Right. right. Like, wait, where did they put my mic? Where did my mic go? <laughs> what you is know, going on? I wanted to, uh, I wanted to get Ariel's opinion on this because I fear he probably knows more about microphones. Oh yeah. But I called him and he just let the machine get it. Oh gosh. Uh, our friend Ariel, uh, my bandmate, uh, he just released his his uh, solo project album, and that's the title of it. Let the machine get it. Yeah, I yeah, go I check it out. And I actually call him because I don't have his phone. I number. should get him to send us. I think I have access to the tracks. I think I should put the tracks up on an episode to help promote his album because he's been working on it for years now. Uh, do we have anything else to say about this? I don't know. It's just a dumb mic. It's just a dumb mic. Let's talk about this next topic. Yeah, Kevin Equitz, uh, sponsor of this sponsor episode. Of this episode wants to know. Are you gonna I... go my way? But I really, really got to know. <laughs> that was the wrong part. Are you gonna go my way? Uh, would <laughs> I you... want us to do a really disjointed acapella version of that song together. <laughs> uh, let's do that after this ends. Let's okay. do that after the end. Okay. Of the <laughs> would you rather I see... do a Primus version of Are You Gonna Go My Way? <laughs> would you rather see builders introduce new models slash designs in 2018 or see more iterations slash versions of their existing models? Hashtag asking for a friend. My gut reaction to this is that it's probably more po- profitable and a better move for most builders to come out with uh, new versions of their existing yeah. models as like brand reinforcement. Like here it is again, but with a different thing going on, like reinventing the wheel, like coming up with a new guitar is a big risk and it's got to be hard because it is hard to come up with something new in like a territory that's so well trodden. I think it really depends too on the brand and oh, totally. what they're doing. So I, you know, uh, since Kevin is asking for a friend, I guess Kevin, you can let your friend know that my opinion is that um, 
since, you know, your friend isn't necessarily, probably isn't necessarily doing this as a full-time job, it's probably easier for him to introduce a new model or design in 2018 because it's just like if he just does a one-off or mm. she does a one-off or like there's room. does like two or three, yeah. like you kind of have that space to only do a few and you're not necessarily doing a massive product launch. Uh, but um, that being said, like, you know, doing interesting iterations or versions of existing models where maybe you're collaborating with certain pedal builders or whatnot. <laughs> right. Uh, like those are really cool too. And, uh, you know, I don't know what, what different things would look like, but it's always, I always think it's neat when, um, a company and it's a hit or miss, you know, right. uh, when they come out with like a deluxe version of something and it's really like, oh, this is, this is, um, truly like deluxe so or or like it's truly deluxe this is truly a guitar well, of elegance i mean and i mean luxury such a dirty whore mouth <laughs> i just mean has like, there ever know, been a guitar more opulent than this deluxe guitar i just mean you know uh whether you have um you know like so many guitars it's like gibson les paul les paul jr you know, those are those are very different guitars, I guess, for Gibson. Uh-huh. But there's there's that question with you know when somebody rolls out like a junior version of something, or a studio or sure or special or whatever version. It's this is your regular version, but it only has one pickup instead of two. Like the Les Paul or it has Junior, like a flat top instead of a car. Exactly. Top. So so the Les Paul Junior is flat top and single pickup. So that's kind of like a neat a neat thing in its, in itself, but you know, not everybody does that. Um, so I think those could be like interesting iterations, but then again, for like a small brand, like going between a regular model and a junior model might not necessarily be accessible depending on what the build process looks like. So if what you're doing with your standard model is a, say a mahogany body with a maple cap or some kind of cap. Uh-huh. So it's two pieces. Um, and that's your standard model. So your junior model is no cap. That's not that big of a change. Yeah. But it might save you a lot of money. But if you're doing a single piece carved top, um, then a junior model is like not necessarily like that. I mean, it's a lot more work. It's sure. so, so in turn, because it's a lot more work, it's a higher risk. <laughs> And it begs that question of like, well, if you're going to do a junior model, but it's just your regular model with one pickup and it still has a carved top, like, is that really a big deal? Because it's like, you're just saving yourself, like, I don't know, however long it takes you to cut one pickup route. Yeah. I think... uh, Which for me, for what it's worth, (laughs) cutting one pickup route would take like five hours. Right, right. Because you'd be using a toothbrush and (laughs) and a spoon. Yeah, yeah. Let's look at this in like the realm of like different size brands. Like as an example, like a brand, like, like a, like Equus guitars. If he came out with a new model, it's like now he has four models instead of three. He's, you know, increased, you know, his model count by 25% or whatever. Yeah. Uh, if Fender comes out with a new model, 
they might make, you know, a thousand of those guitars, but it's still like they're just testing the waters with it. And it's probably not going to succeed for more than a few years because they're just going to go back to making Tele Strats, uh, Jazz Masters and Mustangs. Right. Right. And, and you know, with Fen- with a company like Fender, you have the the lever- leverage. Sure. I don't know. The, you have the room to work on interesting ideas and also it doesn't change your identity at all to like come up with a weird thing yeah yeah we're like if if a small brand like equits or you know cower or moniker or something like that you know these brands that we worked with uh you know you could get a small glass instead of pouring whiskey into a coors can right this time there's still coors in the can oh my gosh so gross um you totally ruined you, like train of thought is gone now. Um, like a small brand, a small brand like Cower or Equits, right? When they come out, hashtag it, asking for a friend. If they came out with an experimental model or like a new, like one off model, then it's a much bigger deal as far as like, oh, will they, won't they, will they make more of these? Is it like right. going to succeed? And it's like, uh, you know, technically these builders could make will they get a brand sued? new, they will could they get a, sued by Gibson. They can make a brand new shape for every custom client. Like, Oh, let's make you custom shape. But then the work involved with that is so over the top. It's, it's just a totally different beast. So right. I, I think we need to, you and me need to answer this question for ourselves. Uh, would you rather, it'll, this will be two parter. Would you rather see, what Kevin can do with a new version of one of his existing guitars, or would you, you like mean Kevin's friend? Yes, Kevin's friends. Or would you like to see Kevin's friend come out with like something completely new to see what Kevin's friend could come up with? I, and then we'll tackle a bigger brand after that. I wish I had the money to pay Kevin's friend to make the Steve Rao signature guitar. Would it be an existing version of something he already makes? Like the Rayburn is pretty close to like well, the your signature guitar as it is. The mock-ups I've seen from Kevin's friend are were based on the Rayburn shape. Okay. Um, oddly enough, Kevin's friend makes a guitar very similar <laughs> to the Equits Rayburn. Right, yes. Um, this is getting more complicated than I want it to be. So you uh, would you go with a, an ex, the existing guitar from Kevin's friend or would you want a new design i would you know but with the existing guitar it would be like a new version of the existing guitar all right so i'm gonna be i'm just gonna go completely level this is what happens when you're uh a cores and a half deep when you've been mixing it with scotch and also you had a couple beers with dinner um i'm not a I'm not the hugest fan of the Devera body shape. I think a lot of people are. That was that's like the offset style one, right? That's the offset. It was like the first one of the first ones that the, I do love the Rayburn. Yeah, the Devera. I don't know. It doesn't really work for me. Um, but if you know, he's our sponsor. Yeah, right? shut up, Ryan. I do know this. <laughs> that's why I'm blaming blaming the alcohol, even though <laughs> I'm like a hundred percent functional right now. Um, but what I will say is, in terms of like doing like variations on a theme like like i would be really interested in seeing what like a davera a davera special would look like where it was a a solid body davera Mm, okay and so from that angle i think like doing a um doing his other models the ashford that which one's that that this like the semi-hollow right that one that one i think that's the first one i saw that one's really cool yeah i don't know what it is like 
I go. I just go back and I'll say I'll go back and forth with the, the Devera. Sometimes I really like it, and sometimes I'm just like, you I, know, don't, I don't get it. It's interesting. You'd think I'd be all about the Devera as like a surf rock guy with like the whole offset thing, but I feel like the Rayburn is is much more like my spirit. Every animal. time I see a Rayburn, like I think about how I just got a credit limit increase from my credit card company. <laughs> They're it's and whether or not really it should be a responsible shape. adult or it's not. It's like a Telecaster without being a Telecaster, which is the kind of Telecaster yeah. I like. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's fair. Um, so, so, so from that perspective, like, I would really like to see, like, Kevin take one of his – I mean, Kevin's friend uh-huh. take one of his, um, his uh, existing models and kind of, like, tweak it a little to, um, to do something that's a little, like – like that's similar but different. That's like a same body shape, but like a light version or like a studio or a special gotcha, version. You gotcha. know? But at the same time, like, like I think I understand like the aesthetic direction of everything that he's designed. So I kind of want to see what a fourth build would look like. Yeah, I, it's like it's a hard question. It's like because you that all his guitars are. You know, all of Kevin's friends' guitars are designed in a really aesthetically pleasing way, and they're all really compelling. It would be great to see Kevin's friend come out with so- another one. You want to see what else they can do, you know? But then you you run into the Fender problem or the Gibson problem. is like, well, it's not a Telecaster or a Strat or a Jazzmaster or a Mustang, so right. who cares? Right, and, you know, and that is the thing with... That's that's the the continuous. I mean, realistically, that big brand can only supports two or three popular guitar styles right. at a time. They have a bunch of others, but it's like whatever is in fad. There's really only like two or three. And so what I'm saying is that's always like the continuous like guitar industry question is everything is either really similar to something else. You know, even uh, what is it, Italia? Just came out with like a that Deville by Italia guitars, uh-huh. and they have a model that like basically everyone looks at it and goes like, "Oh, it's a little sinker." And at the same time, like the little sinker was really just uh, from Roni guitars. Um, the little sinker was just kind of like a variation on some like other old school designs. So you kind of always have th- have this, you know, nobody's making guitar body designs out of thin air that I know of. Right. Nobody's trying to do that. Like nobody's looking at a, at a friggin' water heater and goes like, Oh, that would be a cool guitar body. You know, everyone's thinking like, how can I take, uh, something like offset and tweak it to fit my brand? Or how can I take something that's kind of like a Stratocaster, but I'll make it different. Like I'll make the, I'll make the arms shorter or longer, right, right, or pointier, or softer, or whatever. Um, so it's familiar-ish, and it, maybe it's familiar enough that people who who wanted a Strat, but I mean, most small didn't want it. Like most smaller know. guitar companies have an S-type guitar and a T-type guitar, or they have an LP-type guitar or something like that. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. There are certain flavors of guitars. Like even if they're not a hundred percent there, they're hinting at it. Right. Yeah. Now, if you were going to get, say you were going to buy a Fender or a Gibson tomorrow, uh-huh. and you knew that they were coming out with, with like a new model, would you want it to be 
a new version, like a, a new version of their existing model, or would you want to see a completely new uh, style of guitar from them? Like, that's, would you take tough? Like, would you take it? That, that feels a lot clearer. It feels in my mind, it feels a lot riskier to be like, oh, Fenders, I've got the money. I'll throw it in the pot right now, and I'll put it into the bucket that says a brand new style of guitar from Fender or Gibson. And I just, that's what I'm buying tomorrow versus uh, a different version of one of their existing guitars that I'm buying tomorrow. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like, especially with their track record, with if Gibson or Fender comes out with something totally new, you know, it's probably only going to last a couple of years. They haven't well, had, they haven't had a new guitar that's become a modern classic in decades and decades. So assuming that whatever this model is, like the quality control was not an issue. Right. Because I know, you know, some... I'm talking about something that would be like an American, you know, version. Sure, sure. So I'm just saying because because some Jagwagon is gonna be listening to this and be like, why would you buy a any why would you put any faith in anything new Gibson is coming out with? Right, right. right. Like so assuming We're like, talking about historically like, just, like just from a theoretically and 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 from just an aesthetic standpoint right right, right. um for both brands like i can't think of what their last new design i guess for gibson it would have been the the thing they came out with this year the that everyone said like oh it just looks like a freaking pv wolfgang yeah yeah um what was, i don't you think that guitar is going to last more than 3 or 4 years like or I don't it's know. still gonna be selling that. I don't. No, I don't. Like if in the Fender direction, the best case scenario in my head is like a Cyclone. You what, know, it was the Cyclone or like a Tornado. Was this? Were, were those? Was that series Fender's last like foray into original body designs? No, I don't think so. But like in my mind, that's like what I would have been fine with. Like if I threw a thousand dollars in a bucket and like tomorrow you're gonna get. Uh, the brand new guitar from Gibson that I mean from Fender that's going to be like a brand new design, and even then it was still just a, bu- a Mustang body, right? It, right, and, and so like even there you said like oh well well you don't think so but I can't think of another original Fender design since the Tornado. Well, they've had stuff in you know Squire like frontmans and things like that. They've had but like okay so say you, like say you would. Since then, they did. What about they, the like the 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 fifty one and the Toronado is is a different body shape from them. Yeah, so that maybe the fifty one because other like you know you're talking about the Squire and Fender, they both did the Showmaster, but ultimately the Showmaster was just a Super Strat. Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't particularly unique. You maybe go back to the, the Squire Katana, right? Like <laughs> like, do you have to go back to like the Katana or the? Uh, the performer for like original yeah. body shapes. It's from tough. It's really tough to, to start like come up with a new design that's going to hit. So it, I think it, I think I'm going to say this definitely a lot safer business wise to make n- a new versions or expanded versions of what you already have than it is to try to trailblaze a new design. I, I do think it also matters, you know, what, you're going to do with it because, you know, I've talked, talked about things like, Oh, you know, uh, in the case of like an equits, uh, like the, the, a Devera special. Right. Right. 
and and you know he has more of, and part he has of, more ground to cover in that he's you know he's got a semi hollow style he's got a telly style and he's got an offset style he could do a strat style he could do an sg right, style right like he could do you know there's there's room for him to do covers because all of his guitars are are unique body shapes but they like kind of hint at certain like other things yeah he could he could do more guitars that hint in certain directions well what also goes along with that is or his friend is, could uh, is looking at it from uh the angle of uh like a in terms of like uniqueness where his designs the three existing existing designs already had to be like fairly unique right to begin with because they don't want to they they're not knockoffs like they are yeah they're are, originals are original concepts you know um and i think that is like can be a harder thing but i think that's something where small builders tend to thrive is making things that are reminiscent without being exact because they have to be because right you know they run the risk if they do something that's too similar to something an existing brand already makes that they're going to get you know cc desisted <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to the last ad and get the heck out of here yeah this is a uh, insane custom shop zerberus nemesis with real black and gold marble top, brand new, rare and unique. It's a $3,200 on Reverb. Top of this guitar is made of real marble. No airbrush, no wood. That's what she said. No plastic coating, no photo finish, real stone. It is hard, that's what she said, to believe what the real stone top oh, gosh. down do- the real stone top does for the sound. All I can say is that those uh, that those are bet the best sounding guitars that I ever built. You hit the strings and feel how powerful and continuous the whole guitar resonates. I've done this side by side with normal guitars, and the gorgonized guitars still keep ringing when a standard guitar is already quiet. I got some thoughts on that. Okay, this is Nemesis Black and Gold Number Zero Zero Four, Graph Tech Tuners, uh, whatever ratios and stuff. I don't. I don't well, care we're about really any just going to talk about the concept of a stone-topped guitar. So why? Yeah, so let's not worry about the other details yeah, because all the other details are dumb. Yeah, I don't even want to discuss the price because that's the price of like, you know custom-built, yeah. small-run instrument. Basically, this guy made a guitar that kind of looks like a Strandberg with, but it has a headstock. It's also got kind of like a Rickenbacker thing going with that. that I guess, horn. but it's like a like if a Rickenbacker was anorexic. <laughs> <laughs> but really like what do you think about the stone top claims that he's making like do you think you're going to get you more know, sustain and more power this out is of kind of that top? classic design this is that classic question where you know i don't know maybe 10 15 years ago everyone was like oh set neck right. blah 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 whatever this is that whole set neck versus bolt neck argument talking about sustain and people are like well I plugged in my American Strat and I hit a note and it sustained for 15 seconds. And then I plugged in my Les Paul, you know, set neck. Uh, I say set neck for the Fender. Stratocaster bolt neck, whatever. We, we're all on the same yeah. page here. Uh, I plugged in my, my Les Paul, set neck, hit the string. And that thing, you know, uh, sustained for 32 seconds. On a very early episode of the show, I said something and I still believe in it. I already know what you're going to say. Why the hell are you playing one note for 15 seconds or yeah. 32 seconds? 
30 seconds, that's what, a sixth of a song? <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. You're going to play six notes in a hey, song? Hey, if you, were your, if you were your favorite band, 15 seconds, what is that? Like uh, 20 six, notes? What is that? Like half the song? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, a guitar doesn't need to sustain like a piano is my opinion. Like if you need that, then there's ways to achieve that. And, you know, there's, it is nice to have an instrument that sustains longer than it's shorter. Yeah. But I don't know. Is, is there a, a need for it? Like, I watched a video a while back where a guy, like, he did a comparison between a guitar and then he did a comparison between a steel beam that was running from floor to ceiling in his house. It was like an I-beam in like an industrial style home, like a loft or whatever. Right. And it had two holes drilled in it, so he strung... Uh, he he attached two tuners to the two holes and put a string between it, and it was like, wow, the string is still sustaining. A minute later, you're gonna make a guitar out of steel, out of yeah. a steel I beam. Like there's a there's a level of practicality that you have to deal with. Like pianos sustain the way they do because they literally weigh as much as, as a car, and like they have a, a steel frame that's humongous. Right there, there's places for it, and I and I think from a Technical standpoint, sustain is really interesting. Um, yes, my yes. my when I back when I owned a uh, American jazz bass, that thing sustained forever. Uh huh. And so one of the things I had to get used to when I switched to my Yamaha, which is a, a top load, much smaller, everything cheaper across the board, of course. Uh, also much lighter, which is why I made the choice, you know, going from a five string to a four string, reduced the weight. And also it was just all around. It was a lighter instrument, but one of the things I had to get used to is that I didn't have the same amount of sustain as the jazz bass. But again, like being a bass player, like at the most I was playing whole notes, which a whole note at 60 beats per minute means I need to hold one note for a second. Right. You know, at at no Every point, bass is going to do that. Right. And and so it it felt kind of weird like for it it has it definitely has a different feel. Yeah. But the end um the end result is that like yeah, like maybe it's the initial bloom is like bigger with that extra sustain, but did it really matter, you know? Right. You got to make that decision. So Stone top guitar, like if you're playing like post rock, you know, if you're in a sun cover band, then sure. maybe then maybe it matters. Well, if you're in a sun cover band, are you even gonna go for this aesthetic? No, you're not. Yeah. Uh, this is gonna... like a very proggy aesthetic. Like you'd have to be in like a rush cover band or something like right. that to pull this off. Uh, you'd have to I don't I don't even know. I don't yeah. even know. One of the things that I don't know if it was in the description of this guitar but I wish we had it is I want to know how much it weighs. Yeah. I, I am willing to bet it's not that bad. I, I don't think that this, this stone on the top is super thick. I'm betting it's like a veneer, but even then I I'm, I'm willing to bet that it's not super, super heavy. I bet it's not light. Right. I bet it's not lightweight, but I bet it's not super, super heavy. Um, I'm not big on the look of it. It just makes me think of like a kitchen countertop. Right. And it's like, I like, I have granite countertops here in my home and I like them functionally, 
But I get kind of tired of the look of granite. I just realized in the picture that it's got the quad, the mother, I don't know yeah. if they're mother buckers, but they're the quad rail. Yeah, they're ridiculous. Pickups. Like, uh, yeah, maybe that's where all your sustain <laughs> yeah, is coming no from. Yeah, no kidding. Maybe your sustain is coming from these 17K output humbuckers that you've got in here. Yeah, they're they're uh, Hammerstein. I'm just, this is all personal from this point forward, but I'm not a fan of the look at all. I don't like the abalone inlay around the edges. I don't like the opulent look of the uh, the stone top on it. I don't like the humbuckers in it. I don't like the I don't like the the look of the wood on the back. I don't like the body shape. I just don't like it. So it's easy to say this is dumb when you don't like something. Where if it looks really if it looks the way if it looked like something I would like, then I'd probably be like, oh yeah, I get it. <laughs> I can't exactly tell what's going on with the inlays, but I don't have a reason to dislike them. I'm talking. I'm talking about the uh, the binding inlay. Oh, eh, whatever. Yeah. It's orange. I always like orange. No, it's like an abalone. Oh, the abalone, but then it's orange outside the abalone. Well, that's wood. I don't know. It's wood. It's like the it's like the uh, kind of how the moniker was, where the top was was flushed down into right, right. the body. Oh, this is cool. This was sent by uh, Adam Dolhanic. Before we forget, yeah. Uh, because apparently we always sometimes forget we forget somebody. Yeah. Oh, also we had some people say that we didn't play their songs. So if you sent us songs in the past and we didn't play them, please resend them. We didn't reject your songs. Yeah, legitimately, we never we never reject a song. We I have, never have. But what does happen sometimes is like um, they get look. I look at the email. It's usually me. Uh-huh. I will look at the email. And with songs, what happens is I'll read it and I'll go, oh, this is a song. And then I mark it as read and or I mark it. I try to remember to mark it as unread and then move it to our song forum. But sometimes I don't do that. And when I don't do that, then uh, it just get, it just skip. gets lost. Yeah. So there's never been a song that we haven't played. Um, by all means, send again or send us a reminder like, hey, man, I sent you a song. Yeah, a while ago, um, and we will look for it and, tr- and try to hunt it down. Uh, but literally, like seriously, guys, we want to we want to play your music. Yeah, we want to get cease and desist from CD Baby on our YouTube channel. <laughs> I, you've been probably seeing emails from that. I've been fighting CD Baby and YouTube over a video on my other YouTube channel. No, I know what it's for. I, <laughs> I was trying to use one of my own songs. But we've seen that from from other people. Oh, too. yeah, yeah. When it's from other people's bands and it's like a song in one of our episodes, we just go, okay, they get the, the profits from this yeah. episode, yeah. which is nothing because <laughs> yeah. we barely make any money off of, uh, you know, the episode videos off of YouTube. So yeah. enjoy oh, your five cents is yeah. what I'm saying. Oh, um, that, uh, Big thanks to our sponsors. Matthew's Effects, thanks for sponsoring yeah. the uh, the fantasy football thing that you boys are doing over there on, on your internet. You sound like such a grandma. It when sounds like, really nice what you boys are doing over there with your fantasy football Thanks, things. Grandma. Uh, head on over to matthewseffects.com. Uh, again, they're doing a partnership with Sinusoid and ESO Straps. ESO Straps. I think it's actually... ESO. I think the purchasing is actually through ESO uh, Straps, but... I believe if you go to matthewseffects.com, you can see it. One of the things that Matthews has right now is uh, that's really cool is hand-painted astronomers. Oh, nice. And they're all unique, and they're all beautiful. 
Um, also, big thanks to Sinusoid yes. Pro Audio Couture. They're our boys. They take good care of us. Uh, they all flew out for our 200th episode. It was a ton of fun hanging out with everyone from Sinusoid. Uh, Sinusoid Cables, the great American cable company. Yeah, they make. I'll ca- say it. They make cables and smiles, and they make a. They'll make you think there's a snake behind you. All right, and also big thanks to uh, Kevin Equits at Equits Guitar for sponsoring this episode. Absolutely, we spent um, a bunch of time talking about him. He was going to get free press no matter what yeah. with this episode. Uh, he's got the uh, the Ashford, the Devera, and the Rayburn. A little something for everybody. And he's so, got that Fuzz Rayburn that's got a let, half horse. Let's in be it. honest, like just because Ryan or I don't like some the way something looks doesn't mean it's bad. No, it just it means, means we're we bad. have it just means we have aesthetic preferences just like you might. So go check it out. Um equitsguitars.com. We didn't say we didn't like the way any of his guitars looked. We said which ones were our favorites. No, I said I didn't like the way it looked. Which one do you not like? The Devera. Steve, you're a bad I'm, person. I'm just not a you're a bad it's, podcast host. It's just not the shape for me, man, but okay. I will play Rayburns all day long, okay. every day, all day, air day. <laughs> all right. <laughs> this week's song is sent by uh, Cameron Barami. I hope I pronounced Cameron right. He sent me pronunciation for b- his last name, but not his first name. Uh, he's been, he joined the Facebook group recently, but uh, has been listening to the podcast for two or three months. Uh, all the we got a lot of listeners who drive like an hour to work. That is crazy. I used to do that. I've never done. Uh, okay, maybe I you did used for a to do bit. that. You used to drive an hour to see your ex girlfriend, current wife. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I did drive an hour to work when for for like a few months only when there was traffic. Um, all right, so his band is called the Medicine Years. They're from Houston. Have been together since 2012. Jesus. That's a long time. It's five years. Uh, he says uh, they have three EPs and are about to finish their first full-length album. He said, we started as more of a pop-punk emo band and slowly progressed towards a more grungy alternative rock sound, which means a lot of people who are listening to the show will probably hate it. What? Come on. Uh, I mean, which could be heard once our new album is released in the near future. The Harvey flooding has impacted our recording process, so it's taken longer to finish than expected. Anyway, listening. Uh, I look forward to listening to more of you guys, and I'm jealous that you live in sunny California. Well, you know, only parts of California like, are sunny, and you know, chunks of our county have been on fire for the last <laughs> week and a half. So I felt bad the other day because I threw some meat in the smoker, but the whole county already smelled like smoke oh, from the geez. fires. Uh, so anyway, this song is called Wanderlust. The band is called The Medicine Years. Uh, I hope you guys love it. I'm uh, looking forward to checking this out. Later. Bye.